We make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show. We like to present ideas for you to ponder, ideas that hopefully you might even disagree with, but importantly that they're things worth considering. I'm uh, your host, Cordrell, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, our naturopathic doctor, Alexia Georgiousis. Hello, Hello, welcome. Hello, Gord. Hello, thank you. <laughs> Um, we are live, and if you would like to join our conversation with our guest, who I will be introducing shortly, um, uh, please feel free to do so. It is a toll-free number anywhere in North America, and that number is one 346 9141 If you are an international caller, the number is 001-480-553-5760. I will repeat them later in the show if you didn't have a pen then you can get one on the way. So uh, this evening we're talking um, uh, in the whole area of business and spirituality and how ourselves get very involved with that. Our, our, who we are becomes part of our business. Um, and many small business owners find that they end up you know, uh, having a great deal of difficulty breaking their own glass ceiling, uh, which certainly limits their growth. Uh, and there are a lot of factors that can be explored that may come in the way of our growth. Um, our guest is a business professional who embraces spirituality as the base from which business grows, uh, applying both analysis and critical thinking. Um, he can identify the limiting beliefs that block your business and yourself from pushing through that glass ceiling. Our guest is a practitioner of Vipassana, allowing him to scan the areas of limitation and like a dashboard of many programs, uh, computer programs, he helps to establish a spiritual business dashboard for his clients to see where they are working and not working in their personal and business growth. He's a founder of Scale Up 42, a digital marketing firm, and he utilizes his business and spiritual training to take his clients to the next level of awareness and growth and profits. Uh, let me introduce Amaya uh, Juvakar. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much, Gord. Thanks for having me. It's Thanks a pleasure to have you. You started Scale Up 42 uh, with a vision to bring new marketing concepts and technologies to small and medium businesses, uh, enabling them to compete in a rapidly evolving digital world. Isn't that true? Uh, you are in the right place. Yay, COVID. Um, Amea uh, moved to Canada in 2013. Uh, he completed his MBA. Uh, program at Queen's University in May of 2014 and worked for the Toronto Star for five years uh, before starting his own firm. His own spiritual beliefs and practices as a Vipassana uh, practitioner is interwoven through his business expertise to assist clients on levels beyond what a business-as-usual approach may do. Uh, his results show the success of an integrated approach. I love this quote. It is your duty to make profits. I love that quote I as well. I love that quote. I do too. Uh, when, when I, it, I was like, I'm, I have to put that out there just in case you don't say it. Uh, if you believe that your product or service is valuable to others, profits keep you sustainable and sustainability allows you to create value in lives of more and more people. That's a great quote. Very great quote. Okay. And okay. also, 
In case you look this man up, you will see that he is a major cricket player, as are his associates at uh, a scale of 42. And uh, uh, cricket uh, player and supporter, and just found out he's also president of his cricket club. So uh, you, you tell us about cricket. That's why you're here, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, would, I can speak all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I know so very, very little about it. So tell us about your training in Vipassana. That's that's fascinating to begin with. Um, so Vipassana was, um, it's an art of living 10-day course, um, which, which is a silent meditation that happens, I guess, everywhere. I think, I believe now that there are over 1,500 locations across the world. I may be wrong, but that's the number that I've heard last. Um, and this uh, technique of meditation helps to, um, to scan your body, like it's a it's it's a meditation practice that allows to scan that that teaches you to scan your body and I and just observe um, how each um, the the body sensations and uh, and um, whether you're feeling pleasant sensations or you're feeling unpleasant sensations while you are sitting at, at the same spot for hours. Um, if you will, then, uh, so that's it. I got introduced to this with um, one of my best friends uh, back home in India. Uh, he mentioned to me about this and, and I'm knowing him to be a creative thinker um, and always seeking spiritual and personal growth. Um, I just signed up for it. And uh, those 10 days were, were eye-opening. Um, I had all like since last 10 years or so, I have been exploring um, the unhappiness or unhappiness. Unhappiness is a strong word, some sort of a dissatisfaction, you know, whether it comes from personal life or professional life. Uh, and th that started surfacing about 10 years ago. I wasn't really sure. I was trying uh, all kinds of um, reading books uh, like The Power of Now, for example, or Man's Search for Meaning, great books. But yeah. in intellectual understanding of these things is one thing. Experiential understanding is completely different. And um, I guess I had gathered the intellectual understanding by reading, but it was only in 2019, actually, 20, 2019, early 2019, when I, when I did that that Vipassana course for 10 days that I started really understanding the difference between intellectual understanding of the, of uh, my spiritual self and, uh, and, um, uh, and experiential and like, you know, understanding of my spiritual self. So there's a, there's a, there's a massive difference between those two things. Right. And when I kind of realized this, I was always a pur purpose driven business professional but even purpose itself is a very intellectual thing. If you really start saying that, you know what, I want to build this particular company so I can help mankind in these ways, it is just an intellectual understanding of what you, you know, for whatever reason that you want to do that. Um, doing Vipassana allowed me to understand the difference between intellectual and experiential um, understanding of who you are and how everything that I do with business um, 
if I have not experienced it, it's not true. It may be true, but <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. I cannot confirm. Right. It's true. You know. Right. Right. Well, I think that spirituality is so. I mean, it's such a lived experience. You know, mm-hmm. uh, how does one talk about something so vast from an intellectual place? You know, yeah. I think that people people who think that spirituality is kind of poppycock. Um, once they have some sort of an experience, mm-hmm. it totally changes everything. But experience yeah. is the operative word with spirituality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and- Amea, I'm curious about how you ended up shifting with this awareness because that, that aspect of deepening yourself mm-hmm. and then having a, a pretty hardcore business background, right, in terms of corporate, mm-hmm. how you ended up seeing or deciding that you wanted to sort of bring these two together, which, you know, is, is happening in, in other places and other people, but your experience in particular. Well, uh, thanks for asking me that. Actually, that's a great question. Um, so, um, as I mentioned earlier, like, you know, I always was this, uh, in my mind, I, I always found this purpose-driven business was uh, something that I always wanted to be a part of, like, you know, being a part of greater good through the medium of business, you know. Uh, but when I did understand uh, what it really means, you know, that the whole spirituality, uh, what it actually means and the experience that one should have, I think everything that I started doing since January of 2019, I always asked myself whether this allows me to see or am I seeing the reality the way it is or not? And the business processes then that um, that allowed us to reach, to, to see reality the way it is, you know, without any assumptions, without any preconceived notions, without saying, oh, I, I'm so experienced in my past, I've experienced this, so I know exactly what this business outcome is going to look like, and therefore one should invest or not invest in what we are in, in a particular area of business, you know. It, so that's how I started integrating spirituality, but just looking at things and saying, okay, this conversation is coming from a place of certain bias that probably mm-hmm. has come from the past. We are not seeing this the way it is right now. There is no rea- reality in this. Can you yeah. give a specific example? Yeah, uh, yeah. For instance, uh, for instance, when it comes to business, you say, uh, um, "Okay, uh, let me think about a, an example with." And I've seen, like, when when I say examples, like when the examples that I have actually experienced are in a business meeting, right? So you're sitting in a business meeting, the person is probably doing this for 20, 30 years in their life, right? And they have seen how, <clears throat> how certain things work. For instance, like marketing or advertising in newspaper media, right? Like people say, and there was a point in time when people said Google is just a trend. It's going to go away, right? <laughs> because people thought that, oh, you know, it's Google is just a trend, right? Yeah. Uh, 
That and there were so many right. people who decided not to invest. I mean, there have been, there are investors, mm-hmm. billionaires, even who, who had the money to invest in Google or Facebook, they didn't do it because they believe that it's just a trend, right? <laughs> and such, and people make poor business decisions because they're coming from a place of um, experience, right? My past experience beliefs or that place of bias that experience creates. So, and then that, this kind of conversation that uh, Google is just a trend or the, what, whatever the next thing that's coming up is just a trend or this idea that I'm like someone is presenting is not going to work out in a board meeting. We have seen this like in every boardroom. I'm sure it happens even today that some ideas are rejected because their experience mm-hmm. just is, it, according to the experience, is counterintuitive, you know, right. uh, and, and there are certain ideas that are rejected and then, and then they lose the market share to their competitor because the competitor goes out there and does the research. They go out there and ask their customers and then the customer says, yes, I like this product. I will buy that product or I will uh, rather, um, uh, I would use this particular new platform because it allows me to get my, get information faster. So I would rather spend time Googling stuff or Facebooking than, you know, doing, reading a newspaper, for instance, right? And then suddenly you have got that critical mass um, and you have the data. So, so that's where the, the, uh, the biases come in and where, which come from like, you know, the judgment and the experience, but people who are out there, especially the younger generation now who are now following processes uh, which has got these frameworks of design thinking. They go and ask people and they follow people's eye movement and the words they say, the way they say it, and they note down vigorously everything that they see while they're doing research. And then they say, you know what, this could work, you know? And then somebody sitting in the boardroom who has 30, 40 years of experience says, oh, it's not going to work. It's a trend, you know? But data can help you to understand um, and see the reality the way it is. And when I learned these, exp- these frameworks, I was like, this is where I want to be. Like, I can now see the reality. I can now understand people's pain problems, uh, pain areas, or the kind of uh, gains people are looking for, the challenges, the barriers that they want to break. And when you can see that because not because you believe that this is an opportunity, but because you did the research, you have the data, you know? Right. So you're sort of, your, your aspect is the spirituality part opens Mm -hmm. you up your awareness to see differently in terms of needs and beyond limitation. That's what I find quite fascinating because sometimes we don't know the limiting beliefs we carry, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not aware of them. Yes. It's also, you know, I can also see where it's problematic presenting that to somebody, especially if uh, in your example, like people have been doing this for 30 or 40 years and this is their experience is what they believe. And then, you know, along comes this young whippersnapper and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, saying, no, 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 you got it all wrong. Uh, You know, it's kind of, I mean, it's like in psychotherapy. I mean, I could get a sense of knowing where they're leaning slightly off of center, say, 
But mm. presenting it as an idea that they're in the wrong is not mm. something I'd want to be doing in psychotherapy. So I'm just, I'm just curious how you present that in a way that uh, the client can work with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and exactly. So, and, and usually when now that lots of organizations have started realizing that uh, their profits and their market share has been taken away by these younger organizations who are like five years ago didn't even exist. Today, their valuation is in billions. Mm-hmm. Um, they realize that, oh, and how did that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so that's where now people have started to come on board and started realizing the value of data. But again, it comes from a place like those acceptances are also happening from a place of um, keeping that competitive edge and keeping that... Um, uh, you know, uh, the profits in mind that we don't want to lose market share. We are like big bank, for example, saying like, okay, I'm now going to start investing into this because uh, we are losing market share to a young fintech organization coming in and taking away our market, right? Uh, yeah. They're not, I mean, I lots of those um, organizations are moving towards these, what I call them, uh, frameworks which has got a base of spirituality to it where um, and when I say spirituality is basically seeing the reality the way it is um, like there are some frameworks like agile scrum where we just um, sit uh, in a group or we are we are meeting every day once for five minutes or less than five minutes and just talking about what were we supposed to do yesterday what did we do yesterday what were we not able to do yesterday and how will we do things differently? And yeah. we don't ask people why you were, or, you know, we don't make a judgment against, you know, it's just uh, that why this things is their experience. Yeah. 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 I That's like it. that. That's good. That's good. Here's yeah. my experience. We have to take a break. And we'll be awesome. back in two minutes. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. 
Elevate your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're here with our guest, uh, Maya uh, Jugar, and he is a very interesting man with a uh, focus on on spirituality in business, um, which we've been having an interesting discussion. If you would like to uh, join us, uh, you can call toll-free from anywhere in North America at 1-888-346-9141 or internationally from 001-480-555-7760. And no, I don't have those memorized yet. Uh, um, <laughs> I am reading them. So, um, yeah, we were talking about um, just some really interesting stuff there at the end. Uh, you were getting yeah. lots of energy in there. Uh, your passion was coming through, and we had to break, unfortunately. But, you know, that's how we get our passion now on the radio is we have to break for commercials. <laughs> Perfect. Commercials is my job, so it's right. okay. I, there you I go. It's part of it. So, so <laughs> Maya, one of, one of the things I wanted to ask you just prior to the break, and you were talking about being aware of competition, Mm-hmm. So how do you see this in terms of the relationship with spirituality and I guess the aspect of competition within spirituality from that perspective? So uh, for, for a hardcore business person, you know, who uh, I am, okay, and again, this is like in, in the world of business, like if I say out loud, which I am actually on the, uh, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> that You're live to air right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'm going to say probably is not, not something my, lots of my colleagues would agree or would want to hear is that I really don't believe in competition as something that should be a threat. Okay. I, I, there, I think there is Competition plays an, a great role in helping us understand um, or explore and become aware of areas that we may not have explored. And it also probably makes us aware of things where we don't, places where we don't want to go. So competition is great for awareness, I think. And that's how competition helps uh, a spiritual organization, right? That's one. Okay. And secondly, sorry. Yeah. No, no. I was, um, a, a very good friend of mine uh, wrote mm-hmm. a, wrote a book. She's in the in the women's hall of fame and for mm-hmm. baseball. She's one of the few mm-hmm. women uh, that went into the women's base, baseball. And anyway, she wrote about competition, and the competition is mm-hmm. not about beating anybody, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it but competition provides us an opportunity to be our best self. You know, that that that's who that's who we're working for and with and yeah. so on. And so that really excellent framing, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to get out there and whip their ass. This is yeah. about you know whipping your own. Um, exactly. And it, it well, you to hang, do hang on. I don't know about if I agree with the whipping yourself around because I think that's what creates so much burnout for people and that sense of I have to be I have to do more 
I have to keep going. Well, that's why I liked her reframing was because I'm not, I'm not against that person, you know, which is what the competition would normally be seen as, you know, know, that guy's, you know, rear end. Uh, It's, it's her reframe of that was to see competition as something that allows you to bring yourself to your best. I see. I see. Not about making them become less than. Right. So you can be better or you get the cup or whatever. It was a really interesting. I mean, this is like probably 25 years ago. You know, it was a really mm-hmm. excellent framing. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, absolutely. I just yeah, wanted to throw that in while I thought of Harris. No, absolutely. Right. I, I 100% agree with that. Like whenever I do competitive research, my I'm, I don't look at go, like how do I take away business from my competition if they're doing something really well, you know, mm-hmm. um, Another aspect of spirituality is the whole idea of law of nature, right? Like nature's laws where you, you reap what you sow, right? Uh, and uh, so if my competition is doing something amazing and they're doing really well and they're growing, you know, then I'm sure that they're doing something amazing that I can look at and I can say that, okay, maybe I would like to learn something about this and maybe I can use that in my own business or I say, no, I don't agree to their techniques or I don't want to go in that direction. And I can say, no, I don't want to go there. Right. So, uh, and then another thing about competition is that like you were to uh, probably something similar to what um, you mentioned there, Gord, is that competition for me is the reason I don't really think much about competition is because I'm trying to evolve and I only look at competition just to learn new things from them. But mainly I use, I, I, I like to, because I want to live in the present moment and always scan my business and see that, okay, what's going well for me, right? My sales process is going well, but my, my cost management or my cost model is not in place at this point in time. And then my some maybe I fixed my cost model, but then my vendor management process is not doing well. That's where the you're constantly scanning yourself every day. And if you're growing every day by scanning yourself every day and seeing and taking, you know, basically just doing a retrospective of where you are today and how well things are going, I think competition then is becomes irrelevant to a certain extent. Uh, if you're able to build yourself in a certain way, and then you will find your own uh, opportunities. Like, you know, you flow like the river and you basically, you realize that, okay, yeah. that area is basically controlled by the competition. And maybe that's not where we can go because if we have to go there, then we have to change the way we are. And then that doesn't really resonate with our mm-hmm. Uh, true self right right and right so so we just keep on going where we want to go by just scanning every day how things are going and then uh, understanding what's going well what's not going well and how can we do things differently right yeah I, I like really like that aspect of reflection and mm-hmm. bringing it not only for the self but also for the business and mm-hmm. then looking at what are the steps to shift it. But the alignment yeah. is, is really key as well in terms of competition. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're too worried about 
you know, what someone else is doing, you completely lose your own focus on your own self, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's where the whole idea where you're always chasing the competition then. Like you're not really ever that's a leader, right. right? You're always looking out the door, uh, out the window, looking to see what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and not, exactly. And not and what's going on where you're sitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you will have to, then there will be no ways that if you are worried up too much worried about like, again, you reap what you sow, right? So like if you're focusing your energies on competition, how will you focus your, how will you then, um, you know, work on, innovation growth you know mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah there's such a, it takes a lot of focus to to you know or attention to put on the focus on somebody else yeah. you know uh or a group of people or whatever so when you when you want to say in a in a company that you're working with um because spirituality is so defined in in this is a very diverse multicultural co- you know uh, country certainly city mm-hmm. you know toronto is mm-hmm. pretty diverse uh how do you bring that in that people can work with you know you can't impose a definition of spirituality you know so how do you work with multiple people and and you know Different, you know, religions uh, which they see as spirituality, and that's all cool. But they have different expressions of that. Where do we bring them together? Uh, well, in processes, in structures. So in the frameworks, we can call them something else. We can give them a businessy name to it. But uh, <laughs> okay, you know, how does it matter? What, what do you, you mean? That spirituality? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Um, like for me, like I mentioned earlier, that um, for instance, like a, a, a daily meeting is called um, in 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 technology uh, agile project management space when it, they call it Scrum, right? So then the Scrum um, process, which is an agile project management process, um, there is they they do they actually call it. Uh, retrospective meeting like a retro we call it retro where we basically just put down like you can see on the back of my on my walls we just put down what went well just write it on a sticky note stick it what went well what did not go well and how can we do things differently and that's it like we don't really go about pointing fingers or blaming people for not doing certain things if things are not happening from one resource and that's a pattern you observe the pattern, right? It's like mm-hmm. observing our own patterns in our life. You know, that's again a part of our uh, spiritual growth, right? If, if you're thinking about it personally in the business wise, uh, if you're running a team of people of different religion and cultures and whatnot, you build processes and make sure that those processes are not getting, um, you know, um, tainted or uh, impacted by. Uh, the biases of different cultures or whatever. And all you have to look at is uh, you may not call it, it's a spiritual thing to do. You know, you can call it agile scrum, you know, you can call it, you know, I mean, for me, that is what, what, what excites me about like new things that are happening in the world of business, right? Where nowadays people are looking like data science nowadays, right? Like you don't have to ask what kind of customer is buying from you. You literally can pull the data from your dashboard and, you know, and just do some 
uh, run some kind of a data model, like, you know, some do some modeling around it and you get the results, you get the insights, you know. And, and, and Maya, just to, just to ask you, for, for people that don't know uh, what the dashboard is, when you speak mm-hmm. of that, especially for smaller businesses or, mm-hmm. you know, solo entrepreneurs, what yeah. would be the dashboard? Well, something as simple as like, if you have Google Analytics on your website, which most people do, and I think most people know what that is, um, that's your dashboard. Like that talks about, like that, that gives you the breakdown of uh, what your website's performance looks like, right? So some page may be doing well, some page may not be doing well when you're doing a marketing campaign. Uh, let's say you're doing a marketing campaign on Google ads and then you're doing a marketing campaign with Facebook ads. Um, when you see that performance on your Google Analytics uh, dash, dashboard, uh, you basically see what it's happening. Like you'll say, okay, Google is doing well. Facebook ads are not doing well. What's happening over there? Let's switch things up and see whether, whether we can get better, get better performance or not, right? Okay. So okay. when I say dashboard, it's basically a snapshot of everything that you can, like most of the things that um, you can want to see about your business. Well, it's like the dashboard of a car. It's what you want to see immediately as to what's happening. How fast are you going? What's your oil pressure? How much gas do you have left? You know, are you going to make it to the next town? Uh, You know, it really can be that simple, you know, because don't don't assume that everybody knows Google Analytics. Yeah. 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 Fun uh, fact is that it did come from that, the dashboard word that we now it came from the car, right? Right. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And it's amazing yeah. how many how many programs now have some sort of dashboard they're starting to, yeah. you know, yeah. build yeah. into it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it could be it could be a simple way. It doesn't have to be, uh, I don't think, ominous the way it sounds for some people. You yeah. know, the analytics. Ah, mm. No, that just means how much oil do you have and how much gas do you have left? You right. <laughs> do you need another that. 20 minutes, you know, uh, or $20, yeah. I mean, to fill up your tank? Yeah. And and what about the aspect of the limiting beliefs when you're working with a business mm-hmm. or maybe the, the business is just uh, starting out, but they have mm-hmm. clarity in terms of their where they want to go, but mm-hmm. there are limiting beliefs that are hidden. How do mm-hmm. you work with people around identifying those beliefs in terms of their business? Well, uh, so for that is something that... I, I usually, it's hard for me as a marketing consultant or a marketing strategist to help them uh, explore that right off the bat. I have to work with them within the walls that they provide me, right? So they say, okay, I can come to you and I can say, hey, okay, Alexia, let's do this, right? Because I believe that this is going to work knowing what I'm seeing right now as I'm seeing um, the new trends and I'm, I'm observing the markets. I can tell you what to do. And in most of, and, and my job is to get you the success that I speak about. But, but there are people, but my clients would then say, oh, you know what, this, we should, this is not working for me. That's not, or they have their own beliefs. And then they say, okay, this is, these are the parameters that I'm going to offer you. Now, my job is to work within those parameters and do my best, right? Mm-hmm. So 
And once I have done that, then they start believing in me and then say, <laughs> okay, now you tell me what to do and let's do that. Right. So, and then I show them what can happen and then they would start doing it. But uh, I have learned it a very hard way that, uh, you know, don't try to, uh, do not try to explain things to people. Take what you can do your best in those, those, within those parameters, like really give your best shot, you know, uh, and uh, once and make it they, usable for them. Right. Like yes, under, that yes. they understand it, like working yes. in their framework, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Win their trust by working within their framework, and then expand that framework. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in therapy, uh, one of the one of the you know sort of languages that we use is to meet the client where the client's at. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and don't try and speak another language. Like if mm -hmm. they speak. You know, like, hey, you know what I mean, you know, kind of thing. Then don't try and speak like you just finished your PhD in English. You know, yeah. like speak speak in their language. You know, yeah. uh, don't bring them to you. Meet them mm -hmm. in their their environment and their thought process, and mm -hmm. you're much more successful. You know, yeah, absolutely. absolutely that framework. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like bringing someone kicking and screaming is not going to be mm -hmm. effective yeah. at all. Yeah, you know, I'm sure everyone's tried that with their kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying that I, there used to be a time when I used to write like long emails. And now I, because I used to explain things to people of what can be done and how it mm. can be done, mm. I've stopped doing that. I just, now my emails are very short. I just talk to the point because there's no point yeah. in explaining things to people. Because people don't read it anyways. Right. You know, yeah. where it just has gone over their head and falls. Well, you, the you kind of lose them because it, you get yeah. lost in all the you know, the, yeah. the exactly. data. Length, so length is out yeah. good. So I'm going to take a short form right now. The short form is mm -hmm. we have to break for a commercial and we will be right back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. 
That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. And we're here with our guest uh, this evening, Amaya Jugankar. And uh, we're keeping him under the gun here about spirituality and business. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of fun, though, isn't it, right? Just say yes. Uh, otherwise, nobody <laughs> else will come on our show. Um, <laughs> yes, so if I was to look in, uh, using, using your idea, if I was to look in from outside in the window of business that defines itself as having a spirituality or spiritual base, how would that look different? What would I see? Or would I? I, I no, I don't. I don't. I don't think. If uh, I don't think it would look any different. Um, maybe happier, I guess. <laughs> More okay. fun to you know. Possibly, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as long as like you know, maybe people wearing the clothes that they are comfortable and less not offensive to other people, obviously, or making other people this uncomfortable. Like if you were to just uh, ask me what my office would look like, it would look like whatever you, however you feel comfortable. It should be, it will be comfortable. It will be, um, it, it, it would look like it's a place where, with good energy, place with good right. energy, innovation is uh, is embraced opposing ideas and thoughts are embraced um, just uh, the quality of idea or a thought is considered and not who or why and those kinds of uh, judgmental okay. questions are asked you know? so that's, personalized that's what it would look like yeah it sounds yeah, like it, it would, would be, it would be, be what good it, what what it would feel like you would you would notice it and i notice that when i've gone into well not so much with um covid now but in terms yeah. <laughs> of you know stores even grocery stores you can feel the energy you can feel mm. what's happening in the environment right and uh and i think the idea of what you're saying Amaya, is also how to support people to be themselves that they're really mm. they're really kind of free to to mm. because that's the spirituality as gord was saying earlier it's so expansive mm. Right. Yeah. 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 It would definitely be one of the top places to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, all of us, we love our offices, don't we? Sitting yeah. at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a whole new experience. Well, I think it's just interesting what you're saying because, you know, like walking in and feeling the energy of a grocery store, or, you know, businesses, maybe this is actually a way that we might develop some sensitivity to our environment mm. this way that says, Hey, this is really crappy energy. I don't want to be over here and, mm. you know, be able to learn how to shift energy or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's almost like our intuition has an opportunity to come alive in this place. You know, somewhere out of all of this, something good has to come. Oh yeah. I yeah. think that's a great He's idea. Gone. It becomes more, more, <laughs> a little bit more sensate. And, and I you know, you, basically are, are in terms of business owners when they're stagnating mm -hmm. and what have you found or what have you learned in terms of stagnation in a business? Uh, stagnate. There are so many different learnings in there. Like, so there, of course, there are some business owners who want to grow, but they cannot grow because they haven't embraced the new innovative ways of doing things they 
and it's hard. I mean, I can also change is difficult, right? I mean, I can I can empathize with that. Um, that, and it becomes extremely difficult to, um, you know, uh, it's, it sounds very it's, it it feels counterintuitive when someone comes up with new, newer different ideas and different ways of doing business, right? Some person has been so used to selling in a store and suddenly you're telling this person to do it online on an e-commerce store, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I can't see my customers, right? So I've gotten so many times that my, my clients have said, we were standing in a store and we were watching, the store was so uh, down, you know, like there was hardly any foot traffic. And I was like, I don't know whether marketing is working, you know, there's, I can't see people here. But there's like, sales have increased three folds on the e-commerce store and like, products are not flying off the shelf. Well, because the products are flying off the warehouse, right? So <laughs> that's yeah. from that's where they're they're delivering the products, right? So um, so those are very difficult things to and it's it is going to take an awareness that this is where we are right now. And I think most people have that. It's not like they don't, but it's still awareness is one thing and then you know? Perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's great, you know, because it's not looking the same as it did when it should be, in my perception, but it's still flying out. In fact, even more, it's flying out of the the warehouse door. You know, it's like, oh, but then, you know, there must be something wrong here, like at the store Mm -hmm. level, but yet your Mm -hmm. profits are going up. So it's that whole thing where, you know, our perception can really get in our own way. It's something we can trip over and not even see that mm-hmm. we're just not seeing the reality of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one way that the stagnation may come another way. Yeah. And then so they, you know, when they are not really exploring and innovating, uh, that's, that's another way. Like, again, like, you know, you have to keep on scanning the business. You have to keep on scanning the market every day. And if you really want to grow up, that is right. And there are some people who say, you know, I'm done. I'm happy with however much I'm making right now. Right. I'm good. Right. And that's fine too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always I'm always amazed with uh, you know businesses that there's a I have a, a favorite place on the Danforth that sells um, you know cheese and and uh, spinach pies you know Greek tidopita mm-hmm. and then Greek mm-hmm. food basically but they they have a very very limited menu and mm-hmm. they've they've that's all they've kept they haven't expanded or exploded they've kept it extremely limited but it's just the same quality it's guaranteed like there's so much mm-hmm. consistency mm-hmm. and they thrive mm-hmm. i think they and i think yeah. it's it's really wonderful to see that no they they don't have this need to get bigger because i think that's also a lot of ha- pressure that often business owners have that somehow this desire that success means that i'm really big yeah yeah yeah, 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 that's yeah, 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 absolutely, and that's a very key point. Like, how big do you want to grow, right? I mean, if you want to grow and create stores like across Canada and across North America, then there is going to be certain trade-offs that you will have to make. And if you're not willing to make that trade-off, and you want to keep that small, and the quality is more important than quantity for you, and that's okay too. So there's this amazing book called. A Good to Great. It's a purely a business book uh, by uh, Jim Collins, I think, from Stanford. And he, in the book, mentioned so basically a good company is the company that is 
doing as well as the market is doing okay and then the great company is always doing 15% more than the market right and although he had analyzed all the companies on new york stock exchange when he is starting about or yeah new york i think it was new york stock exchange if i remember correctly uh, but he although he analyzed that because it's the the financial data is easily available for those com- companies at the end of the book he does mention that you know it doesn't really have to be you could be a small business owner you know on danforth right but you are doing 15% more than your competition at that level right you're still a great business right right Right. So if you're doing 15% more in that space of single, like single store, small business owners in Greektown, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your business is doing 15% more revenue than the other similar businesses, you know, you're a great business. Right, right. And I think that that idea of alignment, what you said around, mm-hmm. you know, if someone, you know, doesn't want to shift in terms of looking like their competition because it doesn't align for them, then that's absolutely fine. So, so I think that this whole idea of perception and being able to just recognize that sense of what feels right, trust what Mm -hmm. feels right. That's, that's what I'm getting from, from what you're saying and your experience. The other piece with competition is comparison. And Mm -hmm. the moment you compare yourself, you're going to lose you know, or you're going to be very grandiose and arrogant, in which case you've lost anyways, you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Trump. Um, but um, if, you know, when people, people look at people's relationships and they go, well, I wish mine was more like that or my kids are more, you know, and there's always that comparison going on. And I think that, you know, this spirituality that we're talking about is, is about keeping the focus on ourselves and everybody's where they need to be and knowing that I'm more... I need to be. Yes. So, and it gets past that whole judgment piece. It's a very fine line between comparing and comparison and judgment. Yes. And judgment is so destructive. So very yes. destructive. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't think I would have put that in a better way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been around for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I read the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> you wrote a few books for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. And that's what actually where when I say like, you know, it is your duty to make profit, you know. I love that. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much that profit is, right? Or mm-hmm. how big your company is, but you it is your duty to make profit because if you truly are aligned and you're truly doing what needs to be done to keep yourself, you know, balanced and in that position of creating value for others through your skills and your passions. Um, it is your duty to be successful. It's not, it's not an option. And then, right. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's, that's an amazing, that's an amazing reframe around the idea of profit, the relationship of profit. And I know for a fact that many people struggle with the idea of, you know, how can I be spiritual and also successful and make profit because mm-hmm. isn't that a bad thing? Yeah. So this this aspect of supporting the self and saying, well, wait a minute, it's, it's a responsibility because the more that I'm supported, and I like your point about the value, that mm-hmm. if this is going to support me, then it will help 
me help other people. Right. I like the use of the word sustainable. You know, I mean, that's what they use with the environment in, in terms of mm. coming up with new products and, and, mm. and you know, uh, landscape, whatever, with the environment. It's about its sustainability. And, you know, if, if we can't keep a product or something we've created sustainable, then a lot of people lose out from that. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. I and mean, it's you are not just losing out. It's like there's so much you can create a chain reaction with that you help someone else someone else helps someone else and it all started with you probably you know and um and i don't even know whether that we are helping like whatever like the there is a second degree connection or third degree or not i'm who's to say that there is that that's um but as long as you're sustainable as long as you are doing your best to um you know uh, to grow yourself you know Make sure that you're aware of who you are, where you are, and how much you are able to to provide or you know to to give. Um, if you know all of that, then and how much you want to give as well, right? So that allows. Like some people are they they want to have a good balance. They want to go on vacations and they want to um, you know work for nine to five, that's great as well. As long as you're doing that, you're aware that this is what you want and this is how much you will be able to provide to the world, that's fine too. But as long as you're aware of that um, and keep yourself sustainable and healthy and- So you're being true to your vision. Mm-hmm. Is that your yeah. vision to work nine to five, lots of vacation time, you know, no. not in debt, but then yeah. you're true to your vision. And, and the vision, Absolutely. again, is not being compared to, nor is yeah. it being judged. Yeah. yeah. My, I thank you so much for coming. Uh, yeah. It was it was great discussing this. Yeah, thank uh, you, Maya. Thank you. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of uh, lots of learning for all of us, you know, in terms of you. you know flipping out and flipping back and and so mm-hmm. on with the the all the constructs that we work with and our perceptions mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. it can change so easily. So I really like the way you you really mapped it and presented it to us. So, um, yes, thank you so much. So much. We uh, will have to talk more about this business that you're you're uh, cooking up, and and uh, sounds like it's doing quite well, actually. I uh, hope thank summer gets here soon for you for uh, cricket, which <laughs> uh, you'll be able to go so. back out uh, yeah. and play. Uh, and yes, that brings us to the end of the show. Next week, well, it's going to be a surprise, uh, but we will be here. Uh, Alexia and myself uh, be here next uh, well, Thursday evening at 8 p.m. live and looking forward to knowing that you're all out there. Uh, you can get in touch with us at uh, info at spiritgrows.ca or transformationalarts.ca. We can be reached. So uh, stay safe, uh, be kind, and we will listen to you next week. Good night, Bye. everyone. Good night. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 